If you could make your own horror movie, what would the horror movie be, and who would you cast in it? I want three actors or actresses. To no one's surprise, it would be some sort of demon movie. What? I know. Possibly a possession Possibly, of some kind. Yeah, or haunted house. Possession, though. Uh, maybe haunted house. Yeah, I think it'd be a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. And then we could have Samuel Jackson, and he okay. can just yell at the house a lot. Sick of these <laughs> ghosts in my house. Um, okay. I need two more famous people. Oh, let's put The Rock in there. Has that ever been on screen before? Samuel Jackson and The Rock? I don't think so. Okay. Imagine that chemistry. You're doing first here. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank okay. you. Oh, and then to make, you know, to bring some gravitas, we could put in Toni Collette because she's really hot right now. Jesus she's in Christ. everything. She is a hot commodity. Yeah. So now we got The Rock, Samuel yeah, Jackson. Yeah, she's a hot commodity like mayonnaise has been left out in the sun, you guys. <laughs> and Toni Collette. And, you and my do her a disservice. I'll no offense, Toni Collette. I thought you were really good in Hereditary. I just really hate your character in Hereditary. Okay. That's, uh, I'll give you that. I think I got a blockbuster, to be honest. The plot doesn't even matter with those actors. Okay, so is it Haunted or Possession or Demon? Which one? Which one are you going with? Um, or is the house possessed by a demon? The house is possessed, <laughs> yeah, by a demon. Like a uh, para... What can I say? Words. Paranormal activity type shit. So I guess that's a demon okay. who's connected to a person, but also somehow haunts a house. Is the rock a priest that was sent from the Vatican? Yeah, there you go. So Sam Jackson and Tony Collette are married. Is that what we? Yeah, I think no, they're roommates, no. married, just, whatever. Yeah, just they they, they want to get married, but in this day and age, they just don't know if they should due to you know social. They're norms. all like on their third marriages, so they're burnt out Ooh, on marriage. Yeah, mm. they're both like super like bitter divorcees. Yeah. Man, you got things to say about society here. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Message. <laughs> uh, there's my film. Okay, Mark, lay it on us. Well. I'm going to do a remake. Boo. (laughs) Boo this man. (laughs) To be precise, I'm going to redo Silent Hill, and it's going to be called PT. And I want David Lynch to direct it, and I want it to star Bob Odenkirk, Tilda Swinton, and Carl Weathers. And I want it to play. I think there's enough information there in the PT demo that I think we could write that into an hour and a half movie. You get Lynch in there. He's known for his weird, dreamy, you know, psychedelic style of uh, directing. I think we could have a hit on our hands. I'm going to tell you, a lot of times what happens when you take 15 minutes of content and make it into a 90 minute movie is terribleness. Yeah, but I don't think there's a lot of toes to step on either. It's just kind of a, like a short story, you know, like Candyman, right? And we can kind of flesh it out. I think in the right hands, it'd be good. Plus, we're not going to tell anybody it's Silent Hills. Okay. Gonna, it's going to be called PT. And you won't find out it's a Silent Hill movie until halfway through the People movie. People are going to be really upset when it's not like a workout video. <laughs> like, PTR, Personal trainer, yeah. 60 minutes. No, this one's going to be two hours long. Oh, yeah. CrossFit so, folks will come at so you. So wait a minute. Is it just going to be like the opening is going to be like the PTS demo? And then like from there, it'll take a story? Or is it like the whole thing going to take place like around the time of the, the, the demo? I think there's enough information in the backstory there and enough that can be kind of uh, drawn upon. Um, PT does deal with uh, a family murder, uh, a dad that kills his family. Tilda Swinton would be the ghost Ooh. that's haunting PT. She would, she would play Lisa. Bob Odenkirk would be the one that's being um, having the nightmare town of Silent Hill on himself. Okay. So it's about everything that he's dealing with as the murderer of his family. And I think Carl Weathers at some point, you got to have somebody who can give the character a little bit of insight. I love Carl Weathers. That man's a national treasure. A national treasure. Okay. <laughs> I can get behind this. Yeah. So we always got to have that one character that knows more and he of can kind of give our main character some insight on where to go next. But I think it's a good cast. 
Bob Odenkirk has proven that he can play the serious roles with his Better Call Saul series. Mm-hmm. So I think we got something there. At least right. I think we can make it good. I'm sold. I like it. Okay. Like it. All right, Garrett, what would you do? Okay, so I want kind of a balls-to-the-wall kind of slasher, crazy, just, I mean, imagine, not like a Rob Zombie film, but kind of like a Rob Zombie film, which is a little slice of like a story with three crazy women who just go on this like murderous rampage. Rosie Perez, <laughs> Jennifer Tilly, and Bai Ling, because that woman is crazy. Is she the one from Kill Bill? She's the one from Crank 2. Okay. Crank The two. crazy assassin who like didn't oh, know her yeah. line, so she just started saying shit. Right on. Yeah. So okay. you're talking like a natural born killer style? Almost like a natural born killer type thing okay. with a little bit more of a horror element. Like maybe like they're seeing like demons and stuff. They think they're doing something like, you know, like they're, they're killing demons up. And kind of like the, um, the, the end of um, the Christmas thing we did where they're seeing stuff, but it's not actually that. So they're just going on like this crazy So spirit. they look like monsters to them. Oh, yeah. But they oh, might not yeah. be. Yeah. Okay. And we, maybe there's like some cool backstory as to why they all three see that stuff and... There's something there. What's the character dynamic between the three? Like, who's going to be the alpha? You know, what, what are we looking think, at? I don't think, I think women don't need an alpha. I think women are strong, capable. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I didn't think that far <laughs> through. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like my natural bias is to say Rosie Perez. That's but what came to my mind I don't as well. think I don't think there should be an alpha. I think the dynamic should shift depending on what situation they're in. Like, if, you know, if it's one place, maybe someone's backstory or someone's, like, you know, character lends them more to kind of take the lead in that situation. Maybe it's the perfect symbiosis of all three of their experiences that lead them to become this entity that is almost unstoppable. Right. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out though. We're also going to cast Marissa Tomei. No, we're not. (laughs) We're going to put her in there. We're not. She's going to be the foil to the group. I don't think she'd be. Oh, you like like a. Like she a, could be like the FBI uh, agent, small town down. FBI. Oh, that's yeah. not a small town FBI since you're like work for the government <laughs> right, at that right, point. Yeah. But you know, like maybe she's tracking them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you know what? Making a movie is all about also making certain concessions. Mm-hmm. I will cast Marissa Tomei in this, but like that's a concession. she does not get she does not get top billing. Yeah, it should be called Marissa Tomei's. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's my movie. I don't know. I just, I just thought like if I'm going to make something, I just want like three actresses that I think would be amazing to work with, and then just have fun with it. I like the idea. How about we make every person in this movie a female? It, a completely female cast. Yeah. A straight up only woman. We're talking about like, we're talking about like char- main characters though, like not just random people that that are like killing and stuff like that. I'd say everybody. Well, I mean, there's you're no way you're going to get to a place that's just, just females. But what if somehow we could twist that into the movie's plot? Mm, so it's kind of like a children of men thing mm-hmm. where, you know, like all the dudes who like slowly dying off, died mm-hmm. off. And mm-hmm. now it's, uh, no, we get into a post-apocalyptic type thing. I don't want to do that. I think, okay. I think the only, let's say speaking roles, the only main characters, the only characters that actually have any kind of impact in the story, all female. I'd go with that. And you know what? I wouldn't even direct it. I would have to cast a female director. Whoa. Whoa. No, just dicks out. We don't, we're not, we're not in this. Let, let the ladies go for it. Tuck it in, fellas. We got no room. <laughs> I feel like that's a uh, gender appropriation. I don't know. <laughs> dicks out. Any idea for a title on this? Not dicks a out. fucking clue. Dicks out. <laughs> dicks out. No, not a clue. I just thought it'd be kind of cool. Marissa Tomei's dicks out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're going to get some legal letter at some point here.
Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again joined by Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? Good. Living our best life. Just keeping one foot in front of the other. Taking it one day at a time. That's really all Trying we can to, ask. I, I don't know what people say. I hate that shit. All that. They all say that. Okay. Yeah. When they don't want to mean anything okay. real. Look, we're here. We're recording podcasts. We're still breathing. What, can, what else do you want? What else do you want from us, people? World peace. Get off our back. Joy. Joy. Okay, joy. I guess we could have all that too, but you know. Does this podcast <laughs> spark joy? I don't know. How about a tiny little bit of chaos? Yeah, definitely some of that. What have you guys been up to since last time? Oh, watching movies, working, watching yeah. movies. Anything to tell us about? Action back, John. Yeah, I've been very exciting life. Um, Let me see. Let me pull up my letterbox because let me tell you a secret. A lot of these movies go in my eyes and out my brain. <laughs> they do not stick. We need uh, a contact letterbox and see if they'll sponsor us. There you go. Yeah. Oh, this episode of The Grave Talk brought to you by Letterbox. I watched a lot of bad movies, but uh, one that was a good one, four stars, uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. That was a mm. fun, fun movie, and I forgot how much I liked The Crypt Keeper. You know, we were kicking around the idea of talking about some Tales from the Crypt at some point. Doing a, bringing it back to two movies in one episode, doing Tales from the Crypt, uh, Demon Knight, and Bordello, Bordello Blood. Blood. I watched both of those. Uh, Bordello's not so good. No, Demon Knight's way better. For sure. Well, yeah, but it's still not bad. Yeah. Uh, it's got a cheesy, yeah. So there's love that Billy one. Zane and that Demon Knight man. Yeah. He's so good as that cowboy devil guy. Yeah, that was a, and I'd never seen it before. I watched it, uh, I guess, a week ago or whatever, two weeks ago. But uh, it was really good. Well, let me take that back. It was really enjoyable. I'd like to see a new take with the Crypt Keeper man. Like growing up, having that stuff readily available on HBO was awesome. Yeah, you it's know, once a week you get a little short, little horror bite-sized yes. story. Well, sometimes it's really goofy. Sometimes it's pretty creepy. Yeah. And it's always, it always had like famous people in it. You know, Oprah went, not Oprah Winfrey, but uh, <laughs> Oprah, <laughs> known <laughs> for her in Tales in the Crypt. Whoopi Goldberg uh, was okay. in a couple episodes and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good show. It is like impossible to find. Uh, so that's know. really depressing. You cannot readily get Tales really, from the Crypt. Really? It's not on like HBO Go no. or something like that? No. Didn't they own it? Yeah, it was an HBO thing, but yeah. it, you know. I wonder if they just distributed it and another company actually owned the right. The rights must have gotten fucked up somewhere. I mean, there's like a million directors and actors yeah. who are involved in that, so who knows what kind of legal shenanigans. Yeah. But it is not available for streaming uh, anywhere. Hmm. I'm crossing my fingers. I've seen a couple of images that Shudder's been tweeting with the Crypt Keeper in it. Maybe that's a hint at something, but we don't know. We'll just That'd have to be wait dope. and see. Um, if anything, uh, there was that talk of, I think it was Shyamalan or somebody talking about bringing it back, but that was a few years ago now, so I don't know where that stands either. But Maybe the Crypt People will host a Shudder Movie Awards. Oh, that'd be the great. Shuddies that'd or be whatever. Cool. I don't know what the <laughs> Yeah, the Crypt People were such a great character. Mark, <laughs> hold on, John. What? Let's take a moment to acknowledge and admire that tiny little giggle that you just kicked out <laughs> as the Crypt Keeper. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Anyway, great character. Hopefully we'll see that yes, return at some point. to be in the closet somewhere. I watched one called Summer of 84 on oh, Shudder. Shudder, yeah. This one was pretty good. It's set in the 80s, uh, very heavy on the synth track. It's almost like uh, one of those stories that has a like a teen detective agency trying to solve the the local murders, you know, like the, the cops. Boys. Are, exactly. Like, like an Encyclopedia Brown, if you will. Yeah, one of them. Nancy Drew. Yeah, all the Let's adult. keep it going. <laughs> <On now. laughs> what other ones you got? Babysitter's Club. Yep, there you go. Uh, I think Did he named every crime? single one. I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But yeah, so uh, another scenario where the adults are failing to, you know, keep the neighborhood safe. So it's upon the boys that decide they're going to solve this crime. I think it's pretty good. The ending of this movie was surprising. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch. If you have Shudder, go check it out. Cool. It's enjoyable. You saw I bought, it? I bought the soundtrack. I bought the soundtrack before I watched the movie. Mm, right. uh, it was recommended to me. And someone was like, this is good background music. And I was like, okay, put it on. I was like, this is cool. Let me check out this movie. I enjoyed it. It's definitely got a low gore level. So it's not like one of those type of movies. It's got decent tension. It's well acted. It definitely rode in on this whole like 80s nostalgia thing that's Stranger going on right things. now. Stranger Things. Yeah. It, you know, that's kind why of, I skipped it. I thought it was just like going to be a shitty knockoff of like it and Stranger Things. It's not. Things. It's actually, it's enjoyable. There's okay. no, there's no supernatural element to this at all. Cool. It's it's all just a, like, just like serial a thriller, killer just like a thriller kind okay. of scary. Have to check it thing. out. It's worth your time. It's like an hour forty-five, so it's not a big ask. Okay, uh, but they did leave it open-ended for potential sequels. So naturally, also saw a movie called Ghost Stories. This one stars Martin Freeman of um, the English Office, Frodo, that guy. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this one. It's on Hulu. Is it like an anthology? Mm, kind of, sort of. It's, it's, it's set around a guy who doesn't believe in any supernatural and he's out to debunk stuff. It actually starts off with him in a church uh, radioing in to uh, find out that a priest is being fed information from his wife over a radio to make him appear like he's hearing from God. And he's got his own television show and he's debunking this shit. So this previous... Uh, Mythbuster, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's been long gone. He gets a note from him, says, Hey, come visit me. I've got some stuff I need to talk to you about. He's like 90 years old and he's like, I solved everything but these three cases. Prove to me that these aren't real. Oh, and that sets him yeah. off on trying to debunk these last three crazy spiritual tales of um that this guy this other previous guy couldn't right. resolve. I saw the trailer. I didn't I yeah. put it on my queue to watch, but I haven't seen it yet. But that's why I it's pretty it. good. Okay. They all do end up tying together very well at the nice. end. It's worth a watch and it's free on Hulu. So I'd like to recommend that if you guys are looking for something. Which one was that? that? It's called Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories. Came out like 2017, I love Martin Freeman, 2018. So I was yeah, me like, too. cool. Twenty uh, seventeen. Yeah. That guy needs to be in more stuff. Um he's great. Netflix's Black Mirror's Bandersnatch. Did you guys see this yet? No. Nope. I'm nope. sure you've heard about it. Yes. It's the Choose Your Own Adventure Netflix movie. That is correct. Um, me and the wife went through that. It was pretty enjoyable. Uh, a couple of the scenarios you go down are decent. Overall, it's not going to be any type of earth-shattering awesomeness, but it is a little fun um, experience, interactive experience. Can the movie end like immediately for you? Can you have like a 20-minute movie? Yeah, I think there's a couple scenarios that will end it very quickly. There's also okay. some meta-ass ones in there that are fun, and those are the ones I enjoyed the most. I won't spoil them yet. Okay. Uh, but you guys should at least try it out. Um, I think we ended up going through almost every scenario except when, for one. When you say meta, you mean like fucks with quote-unquote Netflix? Like you pick something and suddenly that movie's out of your queue or something like that? No, not to that degree. That would be cool. That would be rad. Like if you do, like you made a decision and like it ends up like not appearing on the Netflix list anymore until you like... Yeah, yeah, that would be neat. Um, there is something in there maybe similar to that, but not that in-depth of okay, like okay. fucking with your, your your list or anything. It's definitely worth trying out. Um, I think if they do this again, they're going to have to really step up their story building on some of those scenarios. Um, mm-hmm. But it's cool. I'd give it like if, if I'm rating it on a five scale, it's a three. Okay. But Garrett, you mentioned Choose Your Own Adventure. Now, this came out recently that uh, Netflix is being sued. But they choose your own adventure people. Exactly. Wait, someone has a copyright on that. Yep. How is that even possible? 
Look, anything could be poorly, poorly copyrighted. I mean, what was that video game company that tried to sue for the idea that, like, using, like, it was something stupid, like, using, like, an ammo counter in the bottom left was their thing, and it's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's like you copyrighted a flowchart, bro. Like, yes, go right. The the Colorado Rockies, the baseball team, tried to, like, copyright the term Rocktober. Jesus. And it was like, they, like, went on crazy, and, like, there was a restaurant that, like, you know, I I think it was on, like, Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. Like, they Mm -hmm. copyrighted something that, like, the, the town like had said forever Maryland had just had a saying and they copyrighted it for the restaurant and the, the entire like town like boycotted the restaurant. They're going out of business because it was like, I mean, people can copyright almost anything for certain bullshit, but that's ridiculous. So they're being uh, sued for $25 million from the Vermont based children's books publisher, uh, choose co LLC. Choose co LLC. <laughs> yeah, there's Jesus. a horror movie title. Um, so I don't know if there's, this is going to go anywhere. Uh, according to the complaint filed by v- Vermont federal court, Chooseco has been using the phrase choose your own adventure since the eighties and has sold more than 265 million copies of its books. Chooseco says Netflix used the mark willfully and intentionally to capitalize on viewers nostalgia for the original book series of the eighties and nineties. Did they use the term choose your own adventure? I don't know if that was actually ever in the, then there's that no was like all these people watching this said that yeah. this is know? like an intellectual property. Yeah. This is going to get probably settled out of court for some very small pennies or just completely dismissed when yeah. they say you there's got to be prior art for choose your own adventure. I don't believe it was invented in the eighties. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe turned into something that became, a product of the sort. But yeah, this is like, this is a concept. This is like a, I mean, concept. if there's legit marketing that said, choose your own adventure on that, I could see where there could be yeah, a case. If, if Netflix said that, but as, if, as a viewer who is like, Hey, you should watch Bandersnatch. It's like, choose right. your own adventure. You know, just because people are saying it doesn't the mean it was marketed that way. I guarantee you they're like, everyone is recognizing this as what we do. We should be getting a piece of that pie. See, there are two kinds of companies. They're the kind like that, that are going to sue and be little dicks about it. Or there's the better kind that would have used this publicity to try to remake themselves famous. Nobody's buying Choose Yourself or Choose Your Own Adventure books anymore. They could have jumped on this bandwagon and been cool and like joined the memes and stuff. But nope, instead they are going to go this other shittier way. I'm going to go ahead and kind of agree with you. I don't want to get into a whole social argument here, but sometimes bigger companies, when it can overroll smaller companies, and I say smaller companies because I'm sure that Choose Your Own Adventure people are not like some big like conglomerate at this point. Probably not. But like, you know, you've got to sometimes get in, the, get in front of it and be like, hey, no, this is what we made our nut off of. You got to give some respect. You're cashing in on that, that concept that we made popular. But mm. do they have a legal case to say you couldn't do that? No. Do they have a legal case to say like, if you're going to brand it a certain way, then yes. But if Netflix didn't do that, then there's no case here. Right. You know what? Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> In the court of public opinion, they are going to come off as being Dicks. spoiled sports. True, but yeah. at And the it's going to hurt them more than any money they're going to get out of Netflix from this. Let me float this out into the universe. Do you guys remember? Let me lay this on you real quick, boys. Okay. Back in the 90s when I was in school getting the Scholastic and Troll book orders. Mark was, is like 49 years old. That's not true. <laughs> not I that remember old. the Scholastic. Don't make me that old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would go to school. They'd hand you that piece of tissue paper that had the, all the books you could buy. And you'd take your money from your parents. And yeah. you'd give the teacher the money. And then eight months later, you'd get a book. Yeah. God, they like were printing them as we were ordering I them know. or something. And there was always a movie tie-in book. What fucking opportunity did they miss? They could have gone to Netflix and say, let us put out a choose your right. own adventure of Bandersnatch. 
Yeah, they need some new marketing. People. Is Bandersnatch like an adult film, or is it like going to be like something they could actually kind of turn are, to kids? Adults are buying coloring books right now. They could definitely go buy I mean, Choose Your Own Adventure. Books. I know those Black Mirror episodes can get pretty heady with some some stuff that you know could be considered um, taboo. But this one was one you of you have the, my attention. <laughs> <laughs> this one wasn't that severe. Uh, yes, there's murder in it, and there's some some crazy scenes. But I feel like they. But could, what kid hasn't committed at least two murders? I know everybody has. Yeah, those Hardy Boy books are about murder and <laughs> shit, though. You know how many bodies the Hardy Boys hid? Yeah. So See, we should get we should talk about the movie we're going to talk about. But yes, that is it is weird that they would not seize that opportunity. I, I'm sure they saw it as like we're missing out on money. Yeah. Let's get in here, and you know what? This may be what starts the conversation to make that happen. But yes, in the public opinion, there was probably a better way to go about yeah. that than get litigious. Take it to Twitter. Have some fun with it, man. Too late now, though. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'll keep an eye on it. I'll let you, you know. it. <laughs> I'll let you guys know if anything else comes up with it. Um, Garrett, did you have anything you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good this time. Okay. All right. Today we're talking about Bird Box from 2018. This is a Netflix exclusive. Uh, this was based on a book from 2014. This was written by Josh Mailerman. By Josh Dumal. Uh, this one was directed by Susan Beyer, stars Sandra Bullock as Mallory, Trevante Rhodes as Tom, John Malkovich as Douglas, Danielle McDonald as Olympia, and Lil Rel Howery as Charlie. There's some more people in there, but those are the, the main ones. Who was Charlie? He was the dude that took him into the gro- grocery store. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, the guy from Uncle Drew, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was great. Yeah, Charlie was He was cool. Legit. Shout out to Uncle Drew. <laughs> y'all didn't go see that movie in the theaters, and y'all should have. It was good. Rotten Tomatoes Critics has this at a 64% out of 128 reviews. It has, a, it has I feel like that's accurate. I feel like that's fair. Audience score of 63% wow. of 4,881 reviews. This movie's very polarizing. I'm impressed by how close the review and the audience score. This may be the closest like, like score one point, so far. One, yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Here's what Rotten Tomatoes Movie Info has to say about this film. The moment I wake up Before I put on my makeup I say a little prayer for you. When a mysterious force decimates the world population, one thing is certain. If you see it, you take your life. Facing the unknown, Mallory finds love, hope, and a new beginning only for it to unravel. Now she must flee with her two children down a treacherous river to one place left that may offer sanctuary. But to survive, they'll have to undertake the perilous two-day journey blindfolded. In the middle there, it lost me. Did yeah, she I find know. love? Because there's literally like a five minute thing that happens in the film that that is referring to. Yeah. It's whenever her and Tom hook up yeah. for five minutes of the film. But they were already talking about going to the sanctuary by that point. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's literally not given much screen time. No. But it is hinted at that they had maybe had been living together for a little bit. Yes. Before yeah, they uh, have to get out on this journey. But did they find a new beginning? I don't think at any point in this movie up to and including the end, did anyone have a new beginning? I feel like the ending is a new beginning, right? They're still in a shitty apocalyptic world and they can't (laughs) look at anything, so no. Well, life has to move on, John. You got to live to learn to live with your surroundings, I guess. Not to jump to the ending, but this movie is a prime example of why I hope I'm one of the first ones to die very early on. (laughs) Because even the survivors live in a shithole. Well, I have good news for you. We're doing John Dies first today, so you'll be dead... (gasps) Before any of this That's starts happening. That's so surprising to me. <laughs> All right. What did you guys think of this one? This was a Netflix exclusive. It kind of came out of nowhere and everybody was watching it. Yeah. Everybody was memeing about it. 
I think it hit at just the right time where everyone's like off from work for Christmas break or holiday break, winter break, whatever. Yeah. So they had a lot of Netflix time and then yeah, the memes hit and it just became like a cultural phenomenon. Hi, I'm Garrett. Have you ever wanted to write a movie where you hit every single note that's going to appeal to every single person out there? Every cliche, every story beat you've ever seen in anything else. For three easy payments of $19.95, I can help you with the Bird Box script. Tell me more. Seriously, this fucking movie, I was on board for it. I didn't know much about it. I knew briefly like what the memes were going around, but I didn't know what the memes meant. You know, because I hadn't right. seen the movie. So I was like, oh, I guess this is a thing. Blindfolding is a, a, a thing here. Hadn't watched the trailer and then watched this movie. And while this movie is beautiful, shot well, I feel paced pretty decently. The script and the choices they make in this are excruciating to my brain. Like every movie cliche, every save the cat moment, every single thing that, that you have to do. It, it felt like every studio note put on one piece of paper and they're like, we're just going to check mark these all off. So that way no one can complain. It, it, oh, it was such a rough watch for me. I, I yelled at my TV multiple times. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Why are we even bothering with it? Like, I was just so mad about some of the choices. But that being said, I wouldn't say it's a terrible movie. I just say this movie was not for me. I liked it. That was a great movie. Now, Garrett, I know that you have a, a real hatred for Sandy B. Hatred's a strong word. A dislike for her acting, yes. Oh, I love Sandy B. Is Bull. there anything you want to tell us on why you don't like Sandy B? Oh, where to begin? How long is this podcast? <laughs> Welcome back to Sandra Bullock Talk, where Garrett's just going to sit here and talk about all the terrible things that Sandra Bullock... You know, the thing is, is, she's not a... I don't like her acting. I just... I've never been a fan of it. She takes very similar roles. She responds the same way to certain situations, the same exact facial expression. It's very one note for me. Again, nothing against anyone who likes Sandra Bullock's acting because if she does it for you, cool. But for me, it's it's just not my flavor. I can't stand it. She was in the net. I understand that. She was also in speed. And if, if they had, man. If she, she was had, the first one to order a pizza on the internet. Yeah. If they had, in the movie Speed, if they had driven off and not picked her up, I would have loved that movie even more. All right. In Gravity, if NASA had been like, oh, someone with a mental problem right now, we shouldn't send her into space. And they sent it up there with George Clooney and someone else. I would have been happier. I can't think of a single Sandra Bullock movie where I've been, her character has increased the value of that movie for me. So I'm going to say the movie where, where it's about the kid who plays football and ooh, she takes him in the that, blind side. That movie's very good. Okay. And that's probably her best in my opinion. Oh, okay. You know, I'm at to eat a little crow here. Mm -hmm. She was decent in that. She had the same exact movie beats. And when she cried, she cried the same exact way with her little, like I'm choking up before I'm going to let him out. You know, mm -hmm. she does the same bullshit over and over. So to me, she's one note. But that was a very good movie, and she was awesome in it. So, yeah, you know what? There's my one exception. All right, we found the one. I only asked this because I wanted to know if her being in this is one of the detriments to the film for you. I will say I will say partially. I won't say it's the big one. Okay. I, I didn't care for her. You could replace her out with someone else. But for me, this was more about Tom when I was an Iraq vet, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's like, I don't want children, but I'm going to keep it. She, she didn't want that baby at all. She had every opportunity to get rid of this baby, and she still like just wouldn't shit or get off the pot with that thing. It's like, make a decision. You're pregnant. Every character in this movie had like 
what I consider a cliche, you know, I lost my wife and now I'm the crazy one. You know, I mean, everyone has such a paint by numbers backstory and like plot line. I didn't buy it. And plus, we've already seen this with The Happening and 28 Days Later. Again, there was nothing unique about this film to me other than like some of the gorgeous shots they had in this movie that endeared me to it. And so I just, it felt like a slog. It was very, it was a very hard watch for me. So you you do mention The Happening. Um, this Mallerman... Are they getting sued by The Happening? No. <laughs> uh, Mallerman, the, the author of the book, wrote this um, around 2008, which did coincide with the release of The Happening, um, also, The Road, uh, starring, what's the dude from Lord of the Rings? Uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. That was actually, yeah, there was a lot of similar road stuff to right. So right around that time, there was a lot of these types of stories so coming out. Again, this felt like you were inspired by every little thing you've seen in movies, and you put it all in your film. I didn't find anything to say that he was aping anything out of those stories, but it came out around the same time, and it did, I did see a quote where he was worried that this one was going to get lost in the shuffle. So it might have been a good idea for him. It sounds like maybe he held on to this for a little it's bit. It's like a cultural time. zeitgeist thing. I think that was just the mood in 2008. You know, it's like right. when uh, Volcano and Dante's Peak came out at the same time, right? Like these things just happen. Right? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, not saying, of, I'm not saying the guy ripped this stuff off. I'm not saying he like, I mean, that, this, this happens all the time with creative people. You'll come up with an idea and you're like, oh, this is cool. You, you flesh it out sure. and it's very similar to something else yeah. that's also going. Um, no, I'm not saying that they ripped anything off. I'm just saying like so many choices in this movie just felt like, you know, like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. People love a good Iraq, you know, vet story. Throw that in with this character. Or people love a good it was you like know, such a struggling with being a mother. Though. But it all played into the characters. Uh, I know I keep harping on that one because it's the one that keeps popping in my brain. Yeah, it was but like, like a three second conversation. But everybody, like when Charlie, you know, like, this is the end of the world. I've been doing a like everyone had such a very like we've seen this so many times before. I just felt like nobody was unique enough to really carry this movie. The one unique thing about this movie was whatever these creatures were. And you know what we didn't get to partake in at all? Whatever the fuck these creatures were. That was disappointing. So this movie starts out, it uh, shows Sandra <laughs> Bullock. cut. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is an artist of some kind, and she's working in her studio on an oceanfront property. And the first thing I thought of was like, fuck, how do I get to be an artist at that level? You know, living in a very nice plush house right there on the ocean. Yeah. She seemed very tortured too. Oh, she just she was just so doing twisted. her. She thing. is very antisocial. Uh, we pick up on that as her sister comes home. Y'all are just bitter, bro. There's <laughs> a lot of bitterness coming out in this podcast. Look, as someone who's been around in the art world and see a lot of people starve and not make any money. It's just a little, um, that's the most unbelievable part of the film. Fair enough. I'll take that. Uh, you find out that like she broke up with what wasn't her husband, but her long-term, her sister calls it her roommate, but she thought it was more than that. I think I that was like, a joke. I think uh, maybe they were, I think they, she said divorced or yeah, she said left her. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah. They, I think they're just like long-term boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. And he left. They never explained why though. It is irrelevant. I'm glad they didn't. It's not irrelevant. I mean. I mean, what would it have added to the story? It would have given me something to either like be like, oh, I'm sorry, Sandy. Like, let me let me understand where you're coming from and why you're kind of taking this life choice. You know, why you're dealing with things the way you are. You got pregnant by this guy and he he left you. Was it because you did something? Was it because he did something? You know, again, it would have endeared me more to her character or given me more of like a way to feel about her. Are you asking to pad this movie out another 10 minutes? No, it takes like two seconds to say one line. 
That's fair. Uh, I think the movie's just like... I can't like, believe he cheated on you the way he did and just left. Yeah, but then you would have been complaining like, oh, it's another cliche. She got cheated on by her husband. True. Left. But you know what? <laughs> cliche information is better than lack of information. I the movie just wants you to know in. she's pregnant. Now we're getting into the story. Right. I think that's all it was yeah. to do. She um, got knocked up. Right. So she's going to get her ultrasound. She doesn't know what the sex of the baby is. Um, on the television, you see uh, bits of information that there's something going on in Russia. People are starting to kill themselves. There's some sort of... And uh, India. And India, too. Yeah. yeah. So there's some sort of humanitarian crisis is going on. And, of course, the American way is like, well, it's not here. No big deal. Right? Yeah, doesn't Sandy, Sandra Bullock say that? Yeah. She's like, well, it's over in Russia, so yeah. who gives a shit? It's like, we're going to ignore this. Turns off. Well, right at that moment, there's a, a little image of, like, a line going over to Alaska showing right. that it's already made its way into the oh, U.S. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Okay. They go into the hospital, and that's when shit starts going nuts, right? People, there's a woman who's just sitting there in a track suit, staring out the window, and then she just starts bashing her brain right into the window. Mm-hmm. And it really sets off Sandra Bullock. She's like, oh, no, this is that thing. It's happening here. She runs outside and is like, sis, let's get the fuck out of here right now. Right. That thing that you were telling me about is happening right now. We get like a post-apocalyptic, like Dawn of the Dead level uh, you yeah, know, that was pretty cool. I like that scene. Yeah, it was neat. Um, and then everybody just starts killing themselves around them. Yeah, and lots the, of explosions. I didn't understand that part. Right, like, it was almost an atomic explosion in the, <laughs> the background. The city was built on nitroglycerin <laughs> yeah. at some yeah. point. There was a com- like a comedic level of explosions going on. But it was effective. I felt it was tense. Yes, um, I agree. And then while the sister driving the car, she just says, "What is that?" And there, the thing about the infection point of these people: once they get infected, their eyes start turning this glossy black. Right. Well, the the Almost bloody yeah. to a degree. The, the color around it does these weird designs too. Their di- their eyes get really dilated. Mm-hmm. The, the eye color gets really like weird and like kind of uniquely designed. Like there's like some yeah. weird shapes and designs in it, and that's how you can kind of tell you've been it. But um, and they go into this like weird trance, yeah. almost like a you're there but you're not like completely lucid. And I I'm, I'm I'm calling it like an infection because I don't know what else to call it because it's not so much a possession. It's like being exposed, right? It's like an yeah. exposure. Yeah. To these, I think these, infection's like the closest right. phrasing. I'm going to give it to you. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that term yeah. for the time yeah. being. So I'll, I'll use infection, but just know it's not a biological infection per se. It's, no, it it's, is supernatural. Yeah. We do find that out. Well, I don't know. It, it, That's it's the kinda, thing. Is, I, was, I, I just nebulous. made a face. I realized it didn't come it's, across in the podcast. But it like, could be invisible aliens for all we know. It could be a spiritual entity. You know, but it's. I, but I, th- I think there's wiggle room. They but. do pose at one point like maybe it's a. Bi- this this reeks of like Russian well, biological warfare. Then you see the warfare. leaves doing weird leaf shit every time it's around. Later on, again, there's the it. It could go either way, but yeah, it does kind of lead itself to think that there is something supernatural, some kind of like. I want to add that I did speak to somebody who read the book, and I want to touch on that later. So uh-huh, remind okay. me about the wind later, okay? So the sister gets it, like infected, and she crashes the car with Sandra Bullock in it, who's full-on pregnant. Yeah. The car flips upside down. Um, real quick, did you guys notice how many times the sister brought up horses in the very beginning? Oh, yeah. Like, I swore horses were going to come back at some point in this movie. I was like, well, they're going to ride off on a horse. A horse is going to save them. Because they talked about horses like nine times before they go to the hospital. I wholly expected to see Sandra Bullock and those kids on a horse at some point. Yeah, that was... They, they hammered that shit home. home. It did feel like they cut a lot of things from this movie. I have no way to know if they did, but it does feel like they cut some stuff out. Because like later on, we'll learn about two people who then just like sneak off on a car. And it felt like there was probably more there that they chopped away at. 
um, to get this movie shorter. This is already like a two-hour movie. Yeah, I think they cut stuff out of this movie because oh, sure. there's parts where it felt very, like it skipped ahead. Horses, I forgot about that, but yeah, they do <laughs> fucking talk about horses, but obnoxious amount. One of the things I did, I spoke with someone who read the books and they told me that the outbreak is a much slower process. It's more of like a ripple in a pool. Hmm. Rather than this was just like an immediate, like everything goes to shit within like, you know, right. two hours you know, or something Interesting like that. though. Everything goes to shit, but uh, my wife pointed this out. They never lost power. They never lost water. Well, not until much later. Yeah. Continued like, to function for at least months. I mean, that just like, goes to show that the U.S. infrastructure is top level, ladies and gentlemen. U.S. I'm just kidding. I was, was going to yeah. say like most of those things are on automated systems now. They're on a grid. Like Dude, my power just blinked like two hours ago for no reason <laughs> at all. And I'm society's saying, fine. John lives in a shack. We <laughs> are literally recording in a tent right now. <laughs> if the power operator goes and offs himself without messing with the grid, it'll probably stay up for a bit. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. If one power operator, if every power <laughs> operator... Here we go. Let's not get into the, the semantics of, you know... Here we're going to nitpick into the infrastructure of America. Anyway. <laughs> um, also, this the sister is alive much longer in the book. Okay. Because okay. so. the, the car flips over pretty early after they get out of the hospital. Yeah, this may be like 10 minutes into the film. Full, full yeah. Sandra Bullock pregnant, car flips upside down. She gets out. I was like, well, she loses her babies. That's going to be her big like, you know, thing that she has to deal with. She loses the baby. Yeah. And um, no, she's fine. Then falls on her stomach like nine times in a row. I was like, <laughs> well, she just killed that baby by accident. Nope. Baby's still fine. Well, we know that she, the part of the thing that sucks the suspense out of this, a lot of this is we know she's fine because it opens five years in the future and then goes back in time and That's she's true. alive and she's talking to two kids who I just assumed were her, both of them were hers. I actually thought she had twins. I, was like, See, oh, I thought she, she had twins, twins also. So I just assumed that right, we know her and her babies will be fine. And that sucked a ton of drama well, out of the And she movie. calls them boy and girl. She doesn't use their real names. Right. And you learn through the, the conversation at the hospital that she has a problem expressing love and being attached to something. So her calling the, the kid boy and girl instead of giving them names really goes to show that she's not allowed herself to get emotionally right. attached to these things. And that's one of her big issues she has to overcome. And let me tell you at the end, it's going to pay off in a really cram it down your throat way. We saw the kids at the very beginning yeah. and then it flashes back. So I thought she lost the kids in this incident and then she found two kids and then made them hers, but didn't want to uh, get attached to them because they weren't hers. No, that would have been interesting. Actually. That's what I thought. And I was like, well, we already yeah. saw this shit in gravity. So during this apocalyptic event of trying to escape, right after her sister crashes the car, someone sees her, a pregnant woman out on the street struggling, and they run out there to help her into the house. This is where John Malkovich is and the group of people that Sandra Bullock is going to be living with for yeah, a while. Yeah, just sort while. of start collecting there. Yeah, a woman runs out and she's trying to help Sandra Bullock up and then she looks up and sees the entities or the creatures or what have you and she's infected and immediately jumps into a burning car and just burns to death. Yeah. yeah. Do we say that's John Malkovich's wife? Yes. I, okay, yeah. So she's inside and now Malkovich has like a, a grudge against her, which I understand to a degree, but like at some point Malkovich... Sandy B didn't ask her to come out and help. Right. And he does know? get over it later. There's a scene where they, uh, they sort of, yeah, all kind of come together and, Oh, you're like my father, blah, blah, blah. And you know, they drink whiskey together. So yeah. And he this, does. this, uh, this is a point of the film where it does kind of turn into the cliche post-apocalyptic film. People are trying to survive and trying to figure it out. Not meaning cliche bad, but it is kind of a setup right, that we've the, seen a lot, right? Getting the band together part of the film. It has to happen. And this one, I thought, did. I mean, it goes pretty quick. So I thought it was fine. It wasn't drag it out. Just boom, boom, boom. Everyone's together in the room and off we go. Well, Malkovich is the guy that I want to be holed up with. 
<laughs> because that dude knows what it takes to survive. Like yes, everybody I'm else is that. holding on to these scraps of humanity and being nice. Like that's not how you fucking well, live in later these situations. Later on in the movie, he has a conversation. He's like the only, he's like, he's like, there's two types of people, those who survive and those who don't. And the people that survive. Because of the assholes and the dead. Yeah, the assholes and the dead. And he's like, the assholes survive because they do what needs to be done to survive. And, and he's absolutely right. And yep. it's through the actions of other people that are trying to be humanitarian it's and like nice. A Team America speech. I know. And uh, <laughs> ultimately gets him killed and a lot of other people. Um, but that also kind of backfires a little bit because in this house, she meets Tom, who's the Iraq vet that I was talking about earlier. Right. We don't find and, that out to like the last no, 20 no, minutes of the movie. Well, no, no, it's about halfway through the movie, but like, cause they're still in the house. Remember he talks about like, you know, oh, how he got yeah. the necklace. But it's like right at the end of the house part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So about halfway through the movie, but you know, um, he kind of takes like a, a shine to Sandra Bullock's character and they kind of like are friends at that point but that's intercut with flashing forward to her taking care of these kids by herself whether wearing the blindfolds and she tells them like do not take these off if you take these off you're gonna die like she's a real fucking ass to these kids and i'm like first off they're kids they're not gonna listen to you completely second off like and i didn't think this is gonna pay off later but like she's so mean to those kids i was like these kids are not gonna want to be around you they don't they're not gonna feel safe if you're treating them this way and it's just a real detachment from like caring. And I thought while Malkovich's character was cool, I think he personified what she kind of related to. And I just thought that was the wrong way to go. I was like, yo, you got to have something to live for. You got to try. Right. And there's that's a like whole her character arc. Yeah. And that's the whole character arc, which I'm glad they kind of came back and paid off. Yeah. But I just, I don't know how else you would try to get through to I mean, they, they, we established that these children are five years old. Right. They're are not, they? Yeah. Yes. Okay. They're not going to listen first off. So I feel like Sandy B's, um, She's trying to impress how yeah, important she's this like, is to them. She keeps saying Sandy B. I keep hearing, look at me, I'm Sandy B. From Greece. I'm just like, oh, shit. It's Sandra D, isn't it? Sandra D, Oh, yeah. man, I'm an idiot. Never mind. Okay, I'll call <laughs> close her. close enough. I'll call her Sandy Bull. Just um, call her Sandy B, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have a lot of interaction with, with children that age. I feel like they have a hard time paying attention and listening. I think you have to take a sternness to some level to impress, right. like you said. But she them. goes like, too far. Of course, she you, does take you, it very... She takes it like, right. like, if you die, you die kind of attitude. I'm like, yo! But I think it did impress on those kids enough. I mean, there was a few times where they faltered and, and they she had to go save girl. Yeah. You know, but for the most part, I think they it took it to heart. It's like, okay, we got to do what she's saying, yeah. you know? Um, do you guys like the back and forth structure of this or would you like to see this film play out in one sequential uh, out timeline? I liked it. I think they should have cut the first scene where we find out that sort of Sandra Bullock already survives or whatever. Like maybe have made it a little bit later. So like the first maybe 30 minutes of the movie would have been the apocalypse and then cut forward or something. Mm -hmm. Cause it did suck a lot of the tension out of the movie knowing like, all right, all these people are going to either everyone we haven't seen is going to die and and Sandra Bullock is going to make it at least to this part of the movie. So it did increase that paint by numbers feel that Garrett was complaining about. I will, I will say maybe not quite 30 minutes, but I agree. I already knew that whatever struggle she goes to, she's still going to get to this point. So all the stakes of everything did feel very diminished. Like you said, yeah. Um, I think you could have basically gotten her to the point where she leaves the hospital. She gets inside the house and the moment she gets inside the house, then cut forward to her, um, giving the pep talk to the kids or 
have the opening scene where she's, you know, rowing down the river or whatever like that. And the kids are under the blanket and you don't see the kids, but have her like, you don't, you don't see her talking to the kids. Like, I think if you would have given us a little less to, to know, this is where we're going to end up. A lot of that stuff would have had more stakes. Like you're saying, I see what you're saying. Um, I also think that like I did spend a lot of that movie going, okay, when is Malkovich going to bite it? You know, when is this person going to bite it? Cause you know, they're not here at the end scene or, you know, the final act. So you know this is going to happen. I would like to have had the... Um, oh, shit. That person's gone now? When yeah, did that happen? Exactly. You know, like, I, did, I thought they were going to make it. Yeah. So while they're holed up in the house, um, we have some moments of like, hey, we're running out of food. Now we got to try to figure out what to do, right? We've been in, we've been holed up long enough. How are we going to survive? Uh, there's a bunch of people. Let's do a quick like head count of the house. There's like an well, old lady. There's so many people. There's like a criminal like who's a drug addict. There's a cop. There's Malkovich. There's um, Tom, the Iraq vet. There's Sandra Bullock. There's another. Oh, no, the other lady hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah, there's like a couple who uh, it's a, it's get a, a phone call about from their kids and they immediately run outside and die. That's like immediately. It's like a yeah. motley oh, yeah, crew I of like, about them. Yeah, it's yeah. like a motley crew of every like like again every trope of a character who's been in like a survival situation. Yeah, so exactly. They're um, all there. Uh, halfway, you know, after a few days of being there, they get a knock on the door and we've got a new uh, character introduced named Olympia. Yeah, that was Danielle McDonald. She's been in a lot of stuff lately. Uh, Dumpling just came out on Netflix and Patty Cakes where she's a white girl rapper. Oh, okay. Um, oh, she was from Patty? Okay. Yeah. So she rolls in there. She's pregnant too. Yeah. And that's where girl comes from. Yes. So at, at first, you know, I was like, did Sandra Bullock have twins? Because that's, right, that's one of I the thought. only things that I wasn't sure about. But and when she rolled in, she's like, yeah, I'm pregnant too. Um, Olympia is led in against John Malkovich's uh, will. Again, he's right. Uh, Olympia is directly responsible for letting someone in later. That's he's going to get directly a lot of right. Killed. He's in. He's right in that. Yes, if she wasn't there, then she wouldn't have let the other guy in. But I mean, that's really a long chain of. But events these are the hard the choices you got to make in the post-apocalypse, John. Uh, I don't know if saying <laughs> that he was right is correct this time. The second time, he's definitely right. It's a hard right. It's not a right you want to be right on. <laughs> but well, you got to toss that humanity in, aside. That's all I'm saying. And she comes in and she says she started looking for places to go because she got really scared that her baby was going to starve. So she ate all of her rations. Again, every character in this house has like, well, most characters in this house have like some kind of like, at any minute, they could be the reason this whole thing falls apart. John Malkovich's temper in the gun. Um, the drug addict and the the cops, like, you know, like differential and stuff like that. The uh, Olympia, the pregnant woman. I mean, there's so many like, oh, these could come. And none of them do. Like you said, the, the drug addict the and, drug the, cop addict and the cop sneak disappear. Off. They steal the car at a later point after. And that prevents them from doing future food runs. Right. But they don't explain or in, even like hint at any kind of dissatisfaction with the house. Or it felt just like we have to get these characters out of the house because there's too many people here. Yeah. Just go away. Well, and, there's a point where Sandra Bullock opens the door and sees those two characters like fucking. Yeah. And it's funny. Be, oh, and B.D. Wong, the, um, the guy who owns the house. Um, the Asian doctor oh, yeah. from Jurassic Park, from uh, Law and Order. Right. Um, he does so, really well here. Yeah, he does a great. And they actually have something that I, I asked myself, why don't they try this? And they totally tried it in the movie. So all this is going on. B.D. Wong's character was like, well, they infect us through the eyes, but I have cameras outside the house. What, can we, what if we look through it through a camera 
since we're not directly looking at the things, would we get infected? Well, he takes one for the team. They tie him up to a chair and he watches the security cameras. And you find out that even through security cameras, you can still get infected if you see these things, even on camera. It was a worthwhile theory. Like, yeah. I definitely would have thought yes. of the same thing. We should try this. Maybe we can see what they look and like. And he Maybe kills himself and he like busts his head open against like this rock-like infrastructure thing. Fireplace thing. Yeah, fireplace yeah. thing. But this is the thing. is When, when Sandra Bullock catches the two characters fucking... Um, Tom walks out and he's like, that's something you can't unsee. I was like, you have just seen people murder themselves, catch themselves on fire, like bludgeon their own, stick stuff in their necks. And it's like two people fucking, that's just messed up. Right. And no, it's like, dude, I think he was prioritize this to inject some levity into you the think situation. So? I, I thought it was like, if you're bothered no, by people having sex it. at this point, I don't think he was serious. Yeah. yeah okay. I think it was literally like, Hey, we're, we're going through some shit. But that's some shit, huh? Yeah, you know, like was, jokingly. Think, yeah, it was okay. Meant to I, show so it was supposed to be bonding. levity. Okay. Yeah. He, the way I took it, it was like he was like just like, oh man, wish I hadn't seen that. And I was like, I wish you hadn't seen half of the stuff that people have seen at this point. It's like, <laughs> right. good God. Do you guys like the uh, the grocery run part where they take a car with cameras and sensors around and they paint it all black so they can't I think see it is out? Very clever, but. Per its name, parking sensors only work when you're parking, so they don't just beep all the time while you're driving. Are we off the road? Oh, there's something. There's something. I think it must be just a truck. Well, just go, go, go around. Keep yeah, going yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Somebody else driving out there? Some cars actually have proximity sensors as you drive. So when you're pulling into another lane, if you're too close to the car, it'll beep. Like yeah, in your blind spots, but not like the way that car showed it. Like in it's front actually, of you and it's behind actually like you. on like a lot of points of the car. Maybe it's not quite as robust as the thing, yeah, but that, that actually exists. Really stressing that exists out. in my wife's vehicle. If we start drifting into the other lane, it does start beeping. Right. Lane depart assist. Yeah. Right. Okay. But you don't have a graphic it, of your car that's up 100% no, of the time. It's a movie, correct. John. Let's cut them a little bit of slack. They got to relay this. It, we don't have aliens radar like <laughs> yeah. flipping as I go through the, through the fucking <laughs> Game freeway. over, man. Game over. <laughs> um, also, they wouldn't have made it to the fucking grocery store. Yeah, they were very lucky that there was not a lot of accidents. Yeah. Well, as they're going, they're running over dead bodies. I thought this scene worked really cool. Yes, I, I, I like the scene. It looked really cool. It was a very interesting take and something that I hadn't really seen before. And I was like, kudos to you for doing something that like... I was like, this is a smart idea. And does one of the things attack the car, one of the creatures attack the car while they're driving? Make it. Yeah, and it's, it crawls it's, over it. Yeah, the invisible thing is like, yeah, thumping against it, banging okay. around a little bit. So they do have some kind of physical mass then. Yeah, they're very, it's very confusing because, yeah, they apparently can't get in places. If you're indoors, you're safe, but they've got no mass when it comes to like moving things. Right. One of the things I was told it's in the book is they can physically remove your blindfold. See, that makes a lot more sense. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay, so that was the thing. Is like when everyone like hears these things and they start panicking. I'm like, don't panic. They can't do shit to you. Keep your blindfold on. Fuck right off. I don't care what they're telling you. It's like, 
it's me, your dead father. Open your blindfold. They'd be like, no, fuck you, crazy invisible monster. I'm good. <laughs> like, you know, like straight up, like, why are you guys worried? And everyone was panicking. They never, never made that clear. Oh, I wish I would have known that because that would have actually like explained why everyone was running from these things. Because before I was like, just stand there. You're fine. I don't know if the movie had any intention of this being part of the story, though. You know, they yeah. never. They this never... should have been intentional. This should have been an intention, yeah. though, because that is very important to why people would react the way they do around these things. Cause otherwise like, it's like if they can't touch you, they can't hurt you. Then just chill. But we don't up. know. Well, then definitely the characters don't know that they can't touch them because the one interaction they have had was they were banging all up that car. They know that the kid, for some reason they can't seem to get into doors and they can't break windows, but that's all they know. This movie's got so many unanswered questions and I hope the book explains. Them. I might actually check out the book because um, there's a lot of things I want to know, but let's get back to the plot. So they get yeah. to the grocery store. It's a great scene because you kind of understand some character motivations a little more. You find out that John Malkovich, Malkovich is an alcoholic, is an alcoholic he immediately starts drinking. Um, Sandy I Bulls do like his plan. I like Malkovich's plan of like, why don't we just fucking stay here? Except for the fact that it means like abandoning and like leaving other people to death. I'm telling you, you got to make the hard choices in the post-apocalypse. I'm not fellas. saying you don't, but I'm just saying. No, here's what I here's what I thought. It could have. I told my wife everybody this. back. To That's the, what I was yeah. gonna say. I told my wife I was like, why don't you take your stupid car, get everybody else, and now we're holed up in the grocery store. Yeah, that's what I. That's where done. all the food is. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Sense. I mean, yeah, Malkovich was being a hard ass, like not wanting to include the rest of the people. Go get them. Bring no, them back. But there is a there is a um a plot device that's introduced shortly after this scene that does explain why that wouldn't have been a perfect option. Yeah, either. they would have died if they had stayed there. You're talking about the man inside of the uh the crazy guy right. who's at the dock. Kill him. Fish fingers. Yeah, okay. That's what you do. Kill him. It's, Let him in, kill him. I don't think any of them have the gravitas to kill somebody. Hey, Malkovich was swinging around Tom's that shotgun. Tom's an Iraq vet. Yeah. I get you. Well, I mean, he <laughs> should have basically been more comfortable, but like, you gotta do what you gotta do. But if if John Malkovich could have killed somebody, uh, the other guy wouldn't have died. He had that shotgun, and he did not use it until what Charlie had to go run Well, that's because him. he was like, I know the guy. He was like, I... He, right, Charlie worked at this... hit the fan, he yeah. should have shot him. Charlie worked at the grocery store with this guy who's been locked up inside of the the cooler area or the storage. No, he wasn't locked up. He was stores. that door goes to a dock. It goes to the so dock. He was it goes to loading. Oh, that was, so he was outdoors. Outside. Yeah. Okay. So this is the thing, and this is where this device is introduced, where some people are able to look at this thing, be infected, and they become crazy. Like they want other people to witness it. Like they've seen the light. They're like, you have to see it. It's beautiful. And so these humans who are infected are attacking other people yeah. to movie. basically get them to look at these things. And there's in the future version, when Sandra Bullock's on the river with the kids, there's a dude who shows up in a boat who's the same way. And she hacks him up with a hatchet, which was real disgusting. That was a very good scene. Yes. She hacks him in the neck with a hatchet. And but the movie implies it's already crazy people or criminals who may also I was going to bring this up later. See, that's not, that's not made clear. Cause that's one of the biggest, I have it in all caps in my notes. How did these guys get to be cool with this? I when when I watched it originally, I did not take away that it was only people that were already insane that could survive they, looking at the creatures. They hint at it twice. Charlie says, "Oh yeah, he spent some time up at wherever the crazy place is." Mm -hmm. And then when the other guy comes in, he says, "Oh, all those inmates from wherever are loose." And the one of the other characters is like, "Oh, where is what is that?" And they're like, "That's the mental hospital for the criminally insane." Right. And, but that, like I said, that was one of the things I didn't pick up on, but a lot of people did because apparently now there's a, a little bit of controversy of how they handled 
uh, mental illness. Oh, jeez. So, of course, people are upset about it, saying, you know, um, this movie is calling people with mental illnesses bad for society and murderers and monsters. Oh, get over that. That's not what this yeah, is. I would implying. say the movie is saying that a, a phenomenon affects them differently. But anyway, see the thing is that it was, it was never made clear. So I was like, well, this guy did prison time and then the other people were crazy in a, in a sane asylum. Like, okay. But I didn't connect that as like, that's the quantifying thing because the guy on the river just seemed like a normal dude who lived up in the woods until he we was didn't, like, didn't nearly get his backstory or anything. Again, that's right? the thing is yeah. they didn't make any of that clear enough. So I never knew exactly why these people were unaffected I, in that way. I was theorizing as the movie went along. I was like, maybe if you don't have the ability to murder yourself within X amount of time, you just become this follower type of the oh, entities. Oh, that would have been interesting. That's Your what I thought Constitution's high enough to... Yeah, that or if somehow you are constrained with no way to kill yourself immediately, then after maybe, say, an hour, then you're just a acolyte of the, uh, the maybe. monster. Maybe. I think we're speculating on that. Uh, again, but, you know, like I said, yeah. this is what I was theorizing because I didn't pick up on the whole insanity yeah. So that, um, that, that event aspect. happens at the grocery store. They get back to the house, and that's important because as they're there, um, Olympia and um, lets a, a person in the house. Well, pre, pre to that, we need to mention that the people that were fucking steal the car. Yes. And that, that cuts off their ability to get groceries. Yeah, so now okay. they're, they're officially trapped in this house with no way to kind of... We're down several people. We're down our vehicle. We are now on a limited supply of food, and Olympia lets in another person. Greg, a random dude who they let in, and John Malkovich is like, fuck you, get the shit out of our house. We can't keep doing this. We're going to... And that's when we get the whole, like, you know, you let me in. Why is this different? And then John Malkovich is real, like, we have to start thinking more survival tactics. And it becomes a whole thing. And the old lady ends up bashing Malkovich over the head. They put him in the garage. And then Greg, the guy who says that he was being chased by the crazy people from the asylum, who that's where we find out that they're trying to get you to open your eyes. These followers are trying to get you to see the light, quote unquote, as well. Right. Um, He's inside. And then at that point, Olympia gets goes into labor. And then at the same exact time as they're getting supplies to have this baby, Sandra Bullock goes into labor. So we got double childbirth going on at this point. I feel point. like Greg was there. See, they don't do a great job of explaining how long they're in this house. Did that all happen at the same time? I thought there that I feel like it was a day or two. Yeah, later. that Greg had had kind of in in, in uh, like imbued himself with this group. Yeah, and, well, they, they have a scene before that where they're listening to music on yeah. the couch. So I think it's been like a day or so. I think it's like enough to where they feel comfortable with Greg. Yeah. Malkovich is still in the garage. And I felt like there was a big discrepancy here. Anytime we've seen other people or, you know, uh, servants of the the creatures or whatever, the people that didn't kill themselves and are forcing everybody's eyes open, they're outright just immediately trying to get you to open your eyes. But Greg is like a covert op. He's a car salesman. Who's pretending yeah. not to be what crazy. What do to get you into this demon? <laughs> yeah. But he, he's like pulled the wool over them. They think he's just a normal guy who's managed to survive this long. You find out he's not. Right. Through the greatest visual thing in the whole movie. As the the two people, the two women are giving birth, they take them upstairs to basically give birth and everything like that. But to to go back to what Mark's saying real quick, I don't think that that's super unusual because at the end, they're like, let me see your eyes, let me see your eyes when they do get to the... So maybe there's other covert ops. Like maybe, you know, different people do it different ways because the only reason I think they would 
be so into check their eyes, check their eyes as if not everyone was just immediately like, go outside and look at this thing, you know? Yeah, that's true. The guy in the boat in the the river scene is all like, hey, okay, are you okay? Yeah. Let me take yeah. care of your kids. That's like, true. He didn't outright say open your eyes right so away. So I think different like, people yeah. approach it differently. So maybe, maybe how your did level they not, of infection. How did they not see that Greg was infected? Like, how did he not have the eye thing? They I don't think know they about checked. the eye thing. Really? Because yeah. Sandra Bullock looked at her sister in the eyes right before she crashed. I don't think she car. pieced it together. I don't think that it wasn't. It wasn't until um, I feel like they would have known about the visual clue. No, no. It's when Greg goes upstairs and it was like, "Let me see your babies," and he looks, and that's when Sandra Bullock sees his eyes being crazy. Yeah, they that's, never mention an yeah. eye or anything about. I don't the think eyes anybody until. in this group knew anything about that just yet. Um, I just feel like if you saw somebody with eyes like that, not knowing anything, you'd be like, bro, you need some eye drops. Oh yeah, any kind of quantifier that might potentially like, like <laughs> yeah. let me ask you a question here. But it's, she looked her sister in the eye, but then immediately had to keep her sister for driving headfirst into a truck. So maybe it didn't quite register. And then the car flips. So maybe you were slightly distracted from thinking like, oh, those people. Yeah. All these people had concussions. Yeah. Sandra Bullock was in a car crash. John Malkovich <laughs> apparently got passed out for Are like you saying all of our main characters are brain damaged? Uh, the Concussion. Iraq guy, he gets knocked out for like 20 minutes you don't just recover from that in IRL you if you go into a coma for 20 minutes you're in trouble if you want to sweep my criticism (laughs) under the rug of head injury then I'll allow it and we continue that might explain a lot of the decisions (laughs) in this movie so the two women are giving birth upstairs and downstairs Greg puts on some classical music and then pulls out a sketchbook and he starts whipping out these sketches of the monsters he's seen and this is what was so unique. These had like very visual, distinct looks to each one. And he's like laying them out all across the table. Like, like when he looks at these things, this is what he's seen. And that's when we realize, oh, this dude's infected. Like this is what, this is the monsters. He's seen them evidently. And then at that point, he starts ripping the, the blinds and the paper off the windows, opening it up for everyone to be able to see. Um, Tom comes downstairs, gets knocked out by this dude, by Greg. Malkovich is seeing the whole thing. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You can't yeah, do this. He's in a garage. He couldn't find any way to break those little windows that's in that door. I guarantee you. And that's the thing. It's also like, and then so Greg goes and opens the garage from the inside. So now Malkovich is outside. He's going to see it and get infected too. Right. So Malkovich is out of the picture. Then he goes upstairs to the two women who have just given birth. And he's all like, your babies are beautiful. Let me see your babies. You know, like in this really creepy thing. Now let him see this. Rip starts opening the windows. Olympia gets infected. Sandra Bullock is like, give me your baby real quick. Give me your baby. Gets the baby before it looks the outside. Old, the old lady gets infected first. And then she stabs herself yeah, in right. the neck. In the neck with some yeah. scissors. But that was a fucking gruesome scene. Ooh, it was so rough. Yeah. I was like, oh, poor lady. And then Olympia gets infected right. after giving her baby to Sandra Bullock. She jumps out the window. That was what was interesting. She was already infected when she gave her baby. Show your baby. Olympia, let me see your baby. You're so bad. Olympia, let me see your baby. Let me see your baby. Let me see your baby just for one minute. Olympia, let me hold your baby just for one minute. Let me hold your baby for one minute. Just one minute. Let me have her for one minute, okay? One minute. So maybe you still have some element. I think you still have some because the thing is like she wasn't like, hey, do it so the baby doesn't see this thing. She was like, just let me see your baby for a second. Like just base instinct commands. So maybe you do have some faculty 
But um, I guess you do because later on, Tom also performs an action before completely. Yeah, it, exactly. So. And so she kills herself. And then Greg is all like, give me those babies. I want to show them the sign. You know, like I want to show them the monsters. And that's when Tom comes in and um, kills. No, John Malkovich comes yeah, in. Malkovich oh, comes right. in from outside. They have a kerfuffle with Greg. Give me the kids. <laughs> give me the children or I'll take them. Hey, asshole. Hey. What are you doing here? Have you come to see? Open your eyes. Don't be frightened. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me! And uh, Greg kills Malkovich with the scissors or something right, like that. Right. Stabs him, Stabs him right in the chest and the... I'll tell you this, the blood effects in this movie were very realistic. Yes. And the fact when BD Wong hits his head and on the fireplace, blood is just running. Yeah, like it's it not like a little really pool. Gross. It's just continuing to pour out of him. You're like, yo, that's how a head injury works. That shit does not stop flowing until the blood's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then very, the scene in the with chest. John Malkovich is really good because John Malkovich had his eyes closed, so Greg would like talk and then jump, and it was it was a really tense scene. Yeah, um, there's some then, really cool stuff in this him. movie. I just wish the script wasn't so basic at times. Tom manages to kill Greg in the process. Um, he wakes up while he's killing Malkovich, and they have a struggle. You hear right. a shot, bla- a shotgun blast. You're like, oh, maybe Tom bit it. Blah blah. Right. This is where. The they made the mistake of showing us that Sandra Bullock was going to be okay because I knew there's no way that Greg was going to be the guy who's going to cut. I didn't know it was right. Tom. But it I was sucked like, the tension gonna- out of the scene because right. you yeah. knew she would survive somehow. She's going to get out of this somehow with those two babies. Like so, Tom, Sandy Bull, the two Sandy children. Bull. That's so that, that's the only people that are left out of our group. Right. Them. They live for. Four years. Five years. It says five them, years in the future. By themselves. Did it say five years in the future? Yes. Okay, I missed that because I was yeah. just like, well, clearly we smash cut to the future, and but that's, I was like... That's the portion of the Rotten Tomatoes that I was telling you that they hardly touch on in the film, right. but that time was established. So they did have a family for they four to five years. They established a family years. relationship. They teach the kids yeah. kind of how to use their, their auditory senses to their advantage. They come up yeah. with like... You basically see that... Sandra Bullock, and through these scenes as it plays out, you see that Tom is very much like, we got to survive, it's not great, but love in this family unit will keep us going. And keep we got to have hope. Yes, we yeah, got to have hope. He's the optimist. And she's just like, don't you tell those kids about stories about you climbing trees and other kids because they will never see that. And he's like, we can't live like that. We have to have something to live for. And she's like, there's nothing to live for. We just have to survive. Yeah, they're out looking for supplies. And uh, they come across a home that is immediately raided by a group of people that are infected. Crazies, yeah. Um, Tom's like, this isn't going to end well. You got to sneak out the back. Get the kids on the boat and get on the river. Because they had heard a broadcast over CB radio. It says it's a two days journey on river. Don't bring children because they're going to slow you down and there's some rapids and some shit on the river. Fucked up shit to say because when they get there, there's fucking kids everywhere. I know, right? (laughs) Maybe they just know that the survival options are better without them. Which, look, in survival times, you got to make those tough calls. Kill the kids. Move on. Damn, Mark. Just kidding. I wouldn't do that. Is that a t-shirt? Is that a t-shirt? Kill your kids and just move on. Only if you put Big Bird with a blindfold on it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come to my Sesame Street. That's it. Sesame Um, Hood. So Tom is a distraction. He goes out there, but he does manage to take out every one of those infected people with the guns. Yes. These are some famous actors. You know these people like... The, yeah, they, they played some... some yeah, some character actor roles. 
Yeah. So he, he manages to allow Sandy and the kids to get on the boat and escape. And that's the part that we've been flashing well, to and from throughout. He takes him out by taking off his blindfold. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, he gets shot and he's like, whatever, fuck it. He takes off his blindfold and then he like Rambo's people, which brings up an interesting point in that he didn't immediately turn. He doesn't turn until the leaves start doing some weird fucking shit. And then he looks at the leaves and then his eyes glaze over. Then he has enough control. He takes out the last guy before he shoots himself in the head. Mm -hmm. It was a good scene. A lot of these scenes that we're describing are very well done. Yeah, that's the thing. The movie to me is like, it was executed so well. Like all these little, yeah, all right. There, some of the characters are cliched, but I didn't notice because I was enjoying the situations and I felt in a lot of times where they were trying to build up tension, they were very successful at it. Again, if there wasn't so much of these tiny little nitpick things, I don't think I would have like I noticed it as much. I would have been like, oh, that's cliche, but oh, well, move on. There was just so much of it for me. I was like, at some point, I was like, my God, let's, it's like, is there anything you're not going to put in this that doesn't like come out of like script writing 101? But yeah, there's amazing tension through almost every scene in this movie. Well, let's move this plot down the river. Oh. Oh, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is the, the last third of the movie is my least enjoyable uh, moments. With right. This so film. the movie after Tom dies, it circles back to the beginning scene of the movie. And so now you're kind of caught up with the time jumps. Let's just say that Sandy B and the kids make it all the way down to the river and they wash ashore after some kerfuffles with the rapids. I will say the only thing that actually took me out of this movie is Sandra Bullock does not know how to row a fucking boat. Whatever motion (laughs) she was doing would not have successfully rowed that boat. Or she would have also tired herself out in like three minutes. See, I'm going to disagree with you, Mark. I actually like the last part of this movie more. Like the last third, because I thought this is where we actually saw like the most like like character out of Sandra Bullock. Like, you know, she was just really like all about survival, 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 like being very like rude and mean to these kids. And there's a scene where she goes to raid a little camp and she, and then the little girl, when I call well, her, I was going to completely skip over that. Cause that's not what I was talking well, about. Well, no, but I'm just saying, this is why I liked yeah. it because like she gets out of the boat to go like, see, like, I think, I think you know, Mallory needs help. She gets out and starts walking towards. And then of course, Sandra Bullock picks her up cause the monsters are in the <laughs> area. Drags her. Drags that kid. You think she's being attacked by the monster, but it's, you find out it's Sandra Bullock, like yanking on this rope and pulling this kid Which across the ground. Which the kid for at least being smart enough to put a rope on. Then it, and then immediately like Sandra Bullock's like, don't you fucking do that. This is why we die. You know, like just being completely rude. And you find out later on as they get to the final destination and working their way to, um, right. The, the point, the point that they're trying to get to, she, they get, she gets separated from the kids and then she finds the boy and then the boy's like, she's like, where's girl? And she's like, she's scared of you. Right. But you, well, we also can't skip like one of the, I think the most consequential scenes is earlier. They're like, one of you guys has to look. And the boy's like, I'll look. And oh, she's like, yeah. I'll fucking decide who's going to look both of y'all slow. And, now that you know, okay, the boy's her kid, the girl is that other person's kid, like, if you're like, hmm, you know, I wonder who she's going to pick. And then ultimately when it gets to the rapid, she's like, never mind, no one's going to look, we're going to fucking do this on our own. And to me, that was that the was demarcation the- line where she switched from dick Sandra Bullock to like sacrifices okay, need to be made to right. okay we are actually have to care Tom was right I do need to have be optimistic we have to survive for each other well that was the most gut punching scene when I thought that she was going to allow the girl to get yes. sacrificed and the thing is the girl kudos to that little kid great actor actress. she like there's a part where like she's like no I'll decide who looks and they keep cutting to the little girl's face looking at Sandra Bullock like I know you're going to pick me. Right. Then she volunteers. That's when Sandra Bullock hears her voice say that. That's when Sandra Bullock is like, I'm a fucking monster. No, 
no one's looking. We're going to fucking risk it. Yes. And that was a fantastic scene. We still haven't got to the part that it disappointed me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you were going to fast forward through all that. <laughs> I was. So that's, but that's actually, John, you're, you're totally right. That is super important because that's because that, I forgot about it. Fair enough. I watched this last week. So fair that enough. was my hardest part of the movie. I was yeah. like, oh my God, writers, you nailed that scene. It was really good. But anyway, yeah. So then they crash and they crawl onto land. There's some flashback scenes of Sandra Bullock talking to the people at this refuge that she's trying to get to where they're like one of you is going to have to look and yeah. that's where it plants the seed of oh no one of us is going to have to sacrifice ourselves right, for the other two to the make rapids. it they finally get there sandy b says no one's looking right and they just blast through the rapids they fall out of the boat she manages to find every child <laughs> yeah <laughs> which was surprising but you know whatever it's a movie right you know and this is where i was kind of let down by the film when they get to the shore this felt like such a soft landing after all the tension that the movie built up in the first two thirds, it's just Sandra Bullock wandering through the forest, hearing voices. And then they walk into the sanctuary and it's like, oh, it's a school for the blind. And it's like, all right, here we go. We're going to live happily ever after kind Would of Would it have been better if she wiped it off and it was said, Charles Xavier, school for gifted children. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been a twist I did not expect. But I don't know. I like it was it was literally the scene in the forest that I was like, OK, this is. Well, Not she, that great. When she realizes that the girl's scared of her and doesn't want to come back to her because of the way she's been treating the girl, like she finds the girl and then does this weird apology speech monologue, which is very heavy handed and kind of like, oh God, okay, we get it. But it's what you have to tell a five-year-old. I, I guess. I, I don't, I've never had to do that with a five-year-old, so I, I guess I don't right. know, but like it felt super unnatural to me. But anyway, I was hoping three things. One, that the little girl will be found by Ewoks because they're in like the northern like California like Battle of Endor. Yeah. It's a prequel. <laughs> this little girl, this little girl gets found by Ewoks. That didn't happen. But the thing that also happens is, is as she's trying to find the kids, the, the invisible monsters are around them. The, the leaves are moving. Things are coming at them. They're hearing the voices, the whispers, because the, the monsters can impersonate voices that you know. Yes. One thing I was like, why don't the monsters just basically impersonate birds chirping and walk them to a fucking cliff? Because I don't think the monsters necessarily want to just kill them. I think the monsters want them to kill themselves. You think that's the monster <laughs> MO? Yeah, it seems like it's important for the monster to... Because, I mean, yeah, in theory, it's like, right, why didn't the monster just fucking go on a murdering spree? But it's, it's everyone who's I feel like died. maybe they couldn't physically do that, right. so they were like... But again, it was just like, why not just impersonate something that'll lead them right to you? I would have rather them be like a band of insane people around this area that were capturing people That's trying what I to was get thinking. into I was like, the school of the blind. That's the kind of climax that I was expecting to get after the introduction of these crazy, you know, people who could survive not killing themselves. And it was such an element that I wanted more of. Then at the end, it was just being the the creatures doing voices at her. Was well, they like, found a way okay. to deal with the creatures already, so there was no stakes involved with that. They're like, and the movie posits that the creatures won't actually touch you and remove your blindfold, like yeah. apparently they do in the book. Yeah, so it was just like, okay, so you're fine. The creatures are not a threat. Keep going to the school, which they didn't know was a school, but keep going yeah. to the sanctuary. And yes, she trips yeah. and falls down and loses the kids, and that's ultimately the movie's climax. But. Right. I, I don't know. I was if a little let down crazies, that. that would have been like, oh shit, there's double threat. You got to get out of there because the crazies will fuck with you. Right. Now, what I also kind of, I posited this to my roommate as we were watching this, what I would have loved for the ending to be is she's apologizing and come back, girl, blah, 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 blah. And she gets the girl back and then they give a big hug and then like the girl's all like, but you should see it, Mallory. And then like opens their eyes or takes her blind. Like I wanted the little girl to be infected and 
expose the two characters like this bittersweet your your treatment of this girl was your undoing your lack of love for this kid is what just fucked you in the long run i like this ending because superficially it looks like it's a happy ending they get to this sanctuary but they're still living in a shit world oh you mean the blind sanctuary in the middle of nowhere forest next to a river i guarantee you there's no blind schools next to dangerous like environmental hazards they came in through the back and that there is a front road somewhere i mean i just came to the back of sacramento (laughs) i mean I, i i fine who knows, right? It's been five years. Maybe <laughs> the road's overgrown. Portland's point overgrown is, at this point. <laughs> point being is I like that at a superficial level, it was a optimistic, happy ending. But then when you think about it, it's like they still can't go outside. They still can't look. They still have to wear blindfolds. Crazy people are still everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's a real kind There's of like if you think about it, a bummer of no a story. redemption here. They're just going to live out their days at this blind sanctuary and die. Like, But it, the movie posits hope. And that's what it was trying to tell you. Even in the in the adverseness of the post apocalypse, human humanity will survive, and there will always be hope. Well, and the thing and is, that, they, like again, that that, go, that rolls into the soft landing that I'm talking any about. Any cliche cliche screenwriting. No offense, people, you wrote no, a movie. But I, think I can't it's knock superficially you. But like, positive. The thing hope. is, the story that Tom tells earlier before they decide to leave and go to the sanctuary is like he was telling a story about his childhood where he was playing with other kids. They climbed a tree, and Sandra Bullock's like, "That'll never happen. They'll never." ever experienced that and they get to the school there's kids there's a tree like the movie just crams it down your throat of like everything we've said is paying off get it like it was oh man that ending i i do think i would like your ending better i would like a sad ending where the girl and maybe boy makes it but maybe sandra bullock doesn't make it because the girl removes Mallory's that's that's kind of the the climax i was looking for maybe towards but i would love a little more consequences for sandra bullock's actions uh one of the changes made um in the book people have gouged their eyes out. See, that's what I thought would be happening. And that I was yeah, like, I kind of expected more. That, that was in, they, there was people, there were blind people and the people that didn't want to die, they had gouged their eyes out. There should have been like a, there should have been a, um, a doctor, whatever his name from Event Horizon. It's all like, there's such wonderful things to see and he's got no eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there should have been like, the Dr. Grant, or yes, whatever his name I, was. I, from Jurassic Park, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought there was going to be people who were like taking that in their own hands. There would be people who had gouged their eyes out. Again, they took a lot of soft landings for certain aspects of it and then really hard stuff for that. And again, yeah. it just... I will I will concede, John, that your point is, is valid. It's still a post-apocalyptic scenario. Oh, yeah. But the music playing and the birds chirping and the, hey, look, we've, we're going to be fine. You know, that, that Indian Fair. feeling was what the movie credited on. Like, and Trent Reznor and someone else did the soundtrack for this. Right, yeah. and... I think I get what y'all are saying and I don't disagree. That would have been a crazy twist, but I think in the current era and one of the reasons why this movie is so popular is that maybe a happy ending is what people are looking for. I agree. Okay. I, yeah, that's fine. I, I, I and like, also like sad endings are so overdone now. Speaking of cliches, that used to be like different, but now it's like every fucking horror movie's ending on a down note. So maybe this one's trying to bring back some happy endings. But again, I don't think there's a difference between like down notes of like, oh, everybody died versus like, oh, you just fucked yourself. Like seven, the movie seven has one of those endings where you're like, oh, you son of a bitch. You kind of, oh man, that's rough. And then, like, you know, there's a lot of movies like, ooh, everyone died. Isn't that gritty? And you're like, eh, we don't care. There's no stakes. I, I would have liked a little bit rougher ending before the uplifting, like, at least one of the characters makes it. But I see what you're saying. I'm not saying it's a bad ending. I just would have preferred something a little more, like, impactful. I would still recommend this film. Highly. Despite, I really like it. Despite the last part, uh, I still think it's worth a watch. Um, I'd recommend it, too. But you have to, ve- oh, man, see, I hate saying that because I was so mad at it as I watched it. But I think if it hadn't been so hyped up. 
Because this movie was everywhere. It's like, super hype. It yeah, but like, I don't think it was hyped up. There's a lot of internet memes about it. But oh, no, no. I, got, about I, how I heard good a lot of hype about it. Like, it was like, no, so I was like, oh, if you haven't seen Bird Box, I was like, okay, all right, we'll watch it. And then you were like, we're going to do it for the podcast. And I was like, I guess we're doing this. Speaking of memes, apparently people are going to the streets and doing the Bird Box Challenge. Have you heard about this? Morons. Um, Have you heard about this thing? This thing in the news? People are blindfolding themselves and trying to travel through the world without being able to see. Well, really? This is Darwinism at work, and hopefully those people won't hurt anybody else. While oh, being so someone morons. did this in their car. See, when see, yeah. I had heard about the quote unquote bird box challenge, and I didn't know what it was. And that thing in the car, the scene in the car, I was like, is this the bird box challenge? I asked my roommate, and she was just like, I don't know. It's and people I'm, trying to live 24 hours blindfolded. That's oh, the really? Bird is box that the bird challenge? box challenge? Yes. Oh, so that's a, fucking dumb. A 17 year old girl blindfolded herself driving and had an accident. Whoa. Dear Duh. people, stop being stupid. Uh, Netflix has gone out there and be like, guys. Please don't do this. Yeah. We don't know how this got started, <laughs> but please don't do anything unsafe. So we here at the Grave Talk do not want anybody blindfolding themselves and doing this unless you have someone with you. You need a buddy system if you're going to take the challenge. Blind don't jo- do the challenge at all. Blindfold <laughs> yourself if you have a surprise party coming up, if you're doing something weird sexually. But other than that, don't use blindfolds, people. Friends don't let friends blindfold and drive. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> but I have two questions for you real quick. One... What would someone say to you to get you to actually take your blindfold off? Like, what would be something that someone would say that would actually be like, oh, I'm going to take my blindfold off? You're um, indoors. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. Like, hey, John, you walked inside. Dupe, done. He's infected. Yeah, honestly, I don't think I would. No, like, I mean, that'd be crazy talk. I don't, I don't think you could convince me. If I'm outside and I know I'm not in a secure area, I would not take that blindfold off, period. Yes. Um, that would be interesting, and now it's a little bit of headcanon, but we know that these monsters, creatures, whatever, aliens, have the ability to cause people's mental states to break. So maybe they're hearing voices, but they're like excessively convincing because they're, you know, fucking with your brain. Well, they, they, they made it seem like people were seeing things too. Like she was like seeing her mother and went and got yeah. in the burning car. But it's like if they can make you see stuff like that, then why are you seeing the monsters? Why aren't you seeing like your mom coming after you? Let or- me let me grab hold of this okay. question you have. We're going to wrap this in that John dies first, okay? Um, the creatures will take on the appearance of something specific to the viewer, okay? Doesn't Specifically, Charlie say it's like your scariest nightmare or whatever? He, yeah. he was positing. Yeah, but-, but she went after her mom. Like, so, oh, my mom, come here. And it was like, that's your scariest thing? <laughs> I say this because, Garrett, when you were watching it, you was like, do we ever see the monster? And it's like, no, and you got mad. There is um, literally, hold on, there's a text message conversation. I'm going to read it out for the listeners um, that I sent out. So at like 8.04, I was like, I need to know right now before I sit through any more of this garbage movie, do we ever see these monsters or entities that are making everyone happening themselves? John replies a minute later, not really. My response, fuck me. Ugh. <laughs> so they did actually make a monster for the movie, but they didn't use it. What? I have the picture here on Ooh, this computer. Show me. That's disappointing. What? <laughs> that is garbage town. Um, you listening it's a, at home. It's an old potato with a mouth. It's a giant baby. Sandra Bullock is pregnant. She's afraid of being a mother. This is the form that the creature was going to take. That's her gozer? Yeah, that's her gozer, the gozerian. I hate... Ev- I take it back. No. I don't recommend this movie anymore. But they made the wise choice of not using it. Yes, they did. But the thing is, those pictures that the guy had, that Greg had on the table, all the monsters he was seeing, that must have been their real forms. I want to see that those was his real interpretation of them. But again, why even? Yeah, we don't know for sure if the drawings were his version of the monsters or their actual. Uh, right. I liked the. I mean, 
you, this doesn't work in every movie, but I think in this movie, whatever we imagined is going to be better than whatever they were probably going to slap on in the screen. Definitely based on those disgusting photos that were, that are terrible. So I think it was, it was a good choice to not show the monsters personally. And we'll put those up on the Instagram so you guys can yeah, see I'll it throw it up we... when this episode goes up. Um, any other thoughts on this before we move on? Nope. Watch it. I'd recommend it. Yeah. You know what? Let me, let me make sure I'm very careful about this. It's a solid movie that I had a lot of problems with. That being said, watch it. I would say it's worth it's worth a watch because you may like it, you may hate it. Two recommendations and one reluctant recommendation, right? <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, John, the thing is, is we're never actually going to see what your creature would look like because you're going to be dead before then. Oh, snap. It's very likely. We've got some new additions for another segment of John Dies First. Enter John Dies First theme song here, which is <laughs> me saying, John Dies First. <laughs> Dope. Dope. I'm going to remix that. Okay. So we got three more entries in today. Nice. If you, the listener, are new to this segment, this is where you get to write how John would die first in any film. He's told us before that he would be the first to go. Yes. I stand by that. In every instance. And the more I hear more about your life, John, I feel like he's right. Yeah. <laughs> more either by legit getting killed, which is always likely, or suicide. And I want to thank everybody that has written in so far. You guys are so creative. Agreed. So creative to the point where these get, are getting longer and longer <laughs> by each submission, which is fantastic. But as someone who does not have the ability to speak out loud or read, I did not hook on phonics. Okay. Let's Heard try it here to, first. Mark can't read. <laughs> right. Let's try to keep these to a half a page um, just to make it go a little quicker for us. Um, but please keep them coming. We love seeing what you guys are creating. That's Mark's polite answer. Here's the real talk. Look, we love you guys listening. We love you guys submitting. But for the love of God, we're lazy bastards. Please don't make these too long. Maybe more or less, yes. I thought you were going to respond a lot faster than that. I didn't know there was going to be such a pause between that. I was drinking. <laughs> okay. I was getting a sip of coffee. Hard whiskey. It wasn't coffee, y'all. Mark <clears throat> has to drink to hang out with us. Any Mark, liquid pees, is, Mark pees in a bottle while we do these things. Any liquid is always <laughs> booze. Let's be honest. Um, okay, let's go with the first one. You ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. <clears throat> John goes with his friend Jessica to pick up her sister, Mallory. John and Jessica have been friends for years, but he's never quite won Mallory over. Mallory rolls her eyes upon seeing John as she opens the door for the pair. Whatever, John thinks as he walks in munching his pretzels. The sooner they get her in the car, the sooner he'll be dropped off at a bagel shop on their way to Mallory's doctor's appointment and upgrade these dry-ass pretzels with some sweet, sweet bagel goodness. I do love pretzels and bagels, so props whoever wrote this. <laughs> How'd they find that out? I wish I knew. <laughs> As they get ready to go, Jessica stops to look at Mallory's most recent painting. Jessica says, I see a whole bunch of people sitting together, but they all feel incredibly lonely. John walks up to see the painting. Eh, I don't get it. He takes a swig from the nearest glass to wash down the pretzel. Only he's made a mistake. It's not water, it's paint thinner. <gasps> As he starts coughing and retching, he slips on some spilled paint, tumbling headfirst through the painting and impaling himself on a broken easel Mallory had behind it, and she kept meaning to get repaired but hadn't. John is dead. Ugh. Well, now no one's gonna get it, you dick, Mallory exclaims. Well, she's right. Also, 
Unrelated to John Dice first, was that not supposed to be just a shitty Last Supper knockoff? Oh, it the looked, actual it looked, painting? It looked like she was yeah. making like her own version of the Last Supper, yes. Okay. It looked like it. Because, yeah, she was like, I don't get it. It's like, uh, anyway. What is there to get? Yeah. <laughs> I was not a fan of her artwork. No, same. Um, there's a lot of accurate things that could happen in that in that story. Have you ever drank paint thinner before? No. Have I, you almost drank paint thinner before? I don't know if I've ever even been around paint thinner before. I'm not an artist. Okay. Uh, hard to believe, I know. But uh, <laughs> What's her face drinking in Hell Baby? Yes. That's that, true. Yeah. By the glass. So I don't know if it smells or whatever, but, you know, who knows? Um, I'm, it's got an odor. It does? Okay. I, but, yeah, no. you, you smell paint thinner, bro. Obviously, I wouldn't recognize it because I haven't been around it. I didn't know if it smelled. <laughs> you so. wouldn't drink it. The it smell is obvious enough to where you're like, I'm not ingesting this. It's like paint. Uh, is it like nail, paint thinner? Nail polish. Nail polish. Nail remover? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that. okay. It smells like that. So, I mean, pretzels, bagels, though. That's we get it. You do your nails, points. John. Like, yeah, duh. All right, let's go to number two. Let's. Garrett, what you got? Actually, we have four submissions because you didn't count the one that I wrote. You wrote one? I wrote one. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. Oh. He's playing All an right. audible over here. Here's number two. <laughs> I don't know if this is the one I wrote or not. Hopefully you'd recognize it. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm not going to say whether it's mine or not because oh, I don't want to give away the, the fair challenge. I'm going to kill myself if I don't get that bagel sandwich, Moan John. With the bagels? <laughs> I'm going to kill myself if I don't get that bagel sandwich, Moan John, from sixth place in line at the deli counter, staring down the last bacon, egg, and cheese bagel behind the glass. Don't be so dramatic, John's friend Leroy said over his shoulder. It's just a bagel. Easy for you to say, John replied. You're not the one who couldn't eat for the past 12 hours. You went to the eye doctor, man, Leroy remarked. You couldn't have eaten during the appointment. I do that shit all the time. John adjusted his plastic sunglasses as they slid down his nose, both guys moving up in line. I hate these things, he said. Can't see shit. Fifteen minutes later, John was the proud owner of the last bacon, egg, and cheese bagel sandwich and sat grinning ear to ear in the sidecar attached to Leroy's old Honda Super Cub, a sidecar that John installed himself, in which Leroy always said was going to come loose one day. You hear about all that shit happening in Europe, Leroy asked, straddling the seat and putting the key in the ignition. What, like Brexit, John asked? People keep offing themselves, Leroy answered. It's serious shit. More or less serious than the checkers game we had waiting for us back home, John asked with a smirk. He loved checkers. Less. Leroy smiled back. Way less. He loved checkers, too. Whoa. <laughs> this is going to be some really creepy fan fiction here, I have a feeling. Leroy fired up the bike, and the two friends were on their way home. John finally indulging in the divine pleasures that is his bacon, egg, and cheese, hugged by a bagel. It was then that John thought he heard screaming off in the distance. But a bite of bagel sandwich quelched that really quickly. Not long after, John thought he saw a Jeep Wrangler ram full speed into a light pole though he blamed that on his current eye condition as he took one more perfect bite. Shit, he could hear Leroy say under the sound of his Honda's engine. Is that? Suddenly, Leroy's pupils grew, much like John had at the eye doctor, only way funkier looking. He thought he saw Leroy starting to cry, and he revved the bike and sped up the highway. Leroy, you good? John asked, his mouth full of egg. But his friend of 15 years didn't answer and instead went faster and faster, running over a tire in the road so fast and hard that the sidecar came loose and seconds later, separated from the Super Cup completely. The final bite of cheesy bagel bacon rattled around in John's mouth as the sidecar spun out right off the overpass and onto the road below where he was hit by a semi. Legend has it that semi took him all the way to Phoenix until the driver got real sad and strangled himself with a CB radio. <laughs> John never got to finish that checkers game, but he did get his bagel sandwich. He may have died first, but at least he died with that. 
Okay. For part two of our novelization of John Dice Post. <laughs> that's uh, another bagel story. I appreciate that. All right. That's I'm not number a bagel two. sandwich guy, though. Are you out there on Twitter telling everybody you like bagels and pretzels? I don't know how people are finding <laughs> this out. Though I guess it's not hard to guess that as a human being, I love carbs. And bagels are naturally <laughs> the best carb. So I'm going to spread rumor. John hates carbs. Uh, no, no, not at all. In fact, much to my uh, waistline's dismay, I love carbs. <laughs> That was very well written. It was. And entertaining. I like how they injected Leroy into that one. Yeah. All right. On to number three. As the optometrist shined the flashlight first into the right eye and into the left eye, he asked John, how'd this happen? I keep sleeping on my contacts, John said. That'll do it, the doctor said. Oh, I have done that. It's terrible. (laughs) Looks like you separated both cornea. Torn them out by taking your contacts out. It hurts pretty bad, John said. For how long? A few days. Infected too, doctor said. That's where all the pus and redness is coming from. (laughs) Frankly, looking at this is making me sick. I can't see very well, John said. We'll we'll treat the infection first, and then you have to go into surgery, the doctor said. I doubt we'll see you well again. What? John said. Your vision will be weak. Light will play tricks on you, said the doctor. John snatched the antibiotic prescription and stuffed the paper in his pocket. Growing desperate because his head pulsed with pain, he made his way to the front door, opened it, and growled as the daylight caused him to squint. He walked down the steps from the front door. A horn blasted right into his ears, and the rush of air whooshed around him. John had stepped off the curb by accident and was standing in the street. The truck swerved in time to miss John, yet collided with the hydrant. He heard the truck door creep open and slam shut. A voice called, get the fuck out of the way, get out of here. What's going on? John screamed. Where the fuck have you been? Don't look at it, man. If you see it, you'll die. John immediately looked in the direction the man was running away from. Through the haze of his poor vision and extreme headache descending upon him, John thought he saw something take shape from nothing. He could make out a wild movement, people running into him, yelling, and within all the chaos, John noticed a form moving toward him. From blinding brightness, a shape materialized and approached as the thing near John shouted, Angela Lansbury? Lansbury, shuffling closer to him, shanked him with a small twisted piece of wreckage. Get your ass out of the way, motherfucker! I don't know. <laughs> that's a terrible that's, Angela Lansbury. Okay, that's a, a voice that you could use. Get out of the way, motherfucker, <laughs> Angela Lansbury said. Uh, blind and shanked and bleeding out, John fell to the ground. Heeding no advice, John looked again in the direction the people were running away from. Another form materialized, and this time, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man rounded the corner. <laughs> John cried, Stay Puffed, and dug his fingers into the hole the metal shank had left, and he ripped his guts out even further. Wow. He, grabbed the squishy, the, he grabbed at the squishy, warm entrails and yanked the whole shebang out and kept pulling and pulling until the darkness of the fat marshmallowy foot of the Stay Puff came down upon him. Wow. So, you got shanked by murder, she wrote, and then saw the Stay Puffed, and that was the form of your destructor. <laughs> I tried to think the most harmless thought that I could. <laughs> you and Ray thinking the same thing. Wow. that uh, No carbs in that one, but... Uh intense so our our listeners think you have eye problems and love bagels well they're not wrong i do wear glasses and i love bagels so (laughs) we're just learning all sorts of things about you today john (laughs) all right garrett last one all right number four bring us home john and jessica are out running errands 
Jessica says, wait, before we do that, we have to go stop and pick up my sister and take her to her pediatrics appointment. He goes, what? Your sister? I haven't seen her in like, I don't know. It's been a long time since that party, I think. She's like, yeah, it won't take long. We'll make this quick. They go to the house. Inside, they see Sandra Bullock painting a picture. John, not pleased with her artwork, scoffs slightly. He's like, so how have you been? She's like, pregnant. What's it to you? He's like, that's a real bummer. She's like, you know what's a real bummer? It's the fact that it's yours, John. That party. John, freaking out, jumps out the window and impales himself on the fence. Whoops. Hey, Sandra Bullock, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's what your takeaway is of this? Uh, Well, I mean, uh, was that you being possessed by the creature, or did you just run away from responsibility and kill yourself? Probably that. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, those are four pretty good ones. So just to recap. Yeah. We have uh, John impaling himself via art easel after drinking paint thinner. All right. Mm -hmm. We've got... Um, some weird Leroy. homoerotic Leroy John <laughs> fanfic where you basically die in a supercar. Um, I think it said overpass. you guys were playing checkers nude. I think that was what it was said, right? It didn't say nude, but it's implied. Yeah. It's heavily, heavily implied. implied. And then you I think y'all are implied. <laughs> it's say more about you guys than the story. But Please send all fanfiction pictures too. No. I think it's squished by Stay Puff after being shanked by Angela, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. Right. And then you get a girl pregnant, and then you off yourself. Choose to kill yourself as opposed to having a baby with Sandra Bullock. Jeez. I gotta say, dude, a baby anchor would get you some sweet, sweet cash. Baby anchor. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man, you're gonna you're gonna get in there, and Sandy Bull is gonna have to give you some money. That's all I'm saying. She, it's not Sandra Bullock though. That's what's her face from Mallory. the movie Bird Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she's that's a, fair. But she's also somehow a very she's rich got artist. Oceanfront property. Yeah. <laughs> the remarks of John and Mark do not reflect that of the Grave Talk podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or Garrett alone. Also, seeing that art, she should not be that rich. But anyway. <laughs> That's, what was, that's the first thing I was, I was like, how does she afford this house and that garbage art? That's the yeah. first thing I said. I was like, oh. It's not even the kind of garbage art that sells. That's the thing. <laughs> like, she's just it. doing it for her, you guys. Yeah. Like, anyway, pick maybe a winner. Maybe she's a day trader. <laughs> uh, um, holy shit, this is hard. <sighs> um, I'm going to go with the third one with the sidecar. And uh, I do. That was the second one. Second one. Second one. Sidecar, truck death. Sidecar Leroy. I do like checkers. I mean, I'm not much on a bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel. I'm more of a biscuit guy, but, you know, I'll let that go. Uh, <laughs> You're going to overlook that continuity error. Yeah. So yeah. number two wins it. Number two is the winner. All right. Congratulations, number two. Who? You are the second best. Wait, no, you're the first best of the number twos. <laughs> Who does number two Jordan. work for? <laughs> Jordan. Jordan. Jordan, who had submitted the bear one earlier. Hey, with the All comeback right. victory. That's well right. done. Congratulations. Jordan Peel. well that makes it extra cool glad i picked you then also want to thank kim for her submission along with tibby we appreciate you submitting those in those were all very good on the fly submission that's right um well i had the submission written oh okay okay. but i just didn't know that we were gonna say three tremendous work y'all all good entries well that's gonna do it for us on this episode thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time 